0: Is it worthwhile paying for advice or is it better off just flying solo and going it alone on your property journey? Hi, I'm Sam Powell, And I'm Jared Krause and we are the hosts of the Property Pals Australia podcast. And in this episode, this is part two because we've just done a beast of a recording uh, on who you actually need on your property team and why you need them on your team. We also just like discuss so much around buyer's agents. Do you actually need one? how to do your due diligence on a buyer's agent when trying to find the right one, and what you need to look out for because there are a lot of rookie buyer's agents out there. Mm. We also discuss when you should use a property value to make sure you're not actually overpaying for a deal. Yeah, we also delve into building pest inspectors, inspectors, which are really important, um, and looking at what the costs are involved, if you need them, and also what to really look for when you're assessing which one to choose. Because um, it, it can save you thousands, tens of thousands of dollars by you know choosing the right person, or it could cost you if you don't do um, you know your due diligence on you know the better inspector. Also, um, we'll jump into looking at you know town planners and engineers for those that you know are a little bit more uh, risk averse and like to get into um, more you know, small development plays, mm. and yeah. um, we also touch on the importance of quantity surveyors um, in the property investing journey and um, you know are they worth their money are they not you know like we will break that down and um, so much more so um, listen on in this is part two if you haven't heard of part one then go back and and listen to that one first um, and then jump back in but yeah we're really excited and hope you get a lot out of it so yeah enjoy welcome to property pals the podcast where we share everything around how to build a property portfolio from researching areas financing structuring buying selling and reinvesting to live a life of financial independence. As a disclaimer, any information shared by myself, Jared, Sam, and the Property Pals team is strictly general and should not be taken as constituting professional advice. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, and taxation advice from a qualified professional. Buyers agents now. This oh. is this is good. We're going to do multiple episodes on buyers agents. On all of these talking points, I guess we should really. Yeah, we'll break it down. And, yeah. um, but definitely feedback on which one is more of interest to you because mm. um, I mean jumping into buyers agents, they're not for everybody. Um, uh, there's been a rise over the past – well, buyers agents have been around actually since 2000. So um, there's definitely a rise of, of them coming through now. So many YouTube videos with so many uh, – buyer's agents and actually there's people selling courses on teaching people how to become buyer's agents. So it's like everybody's getting their little... You're in the their, funnel, their, mate. Yeah, I am in the funnel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I'm in the vortex of, of property on YouTube. Don't go down it, guys. You'll be... Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, well, it goes back to the initial point that I mentioned at the start of the pod where um, there is so many marketing businesses out there that... Are specializing in real estate, and they're just they're young people, but they're tech savvy, so they've got all these different apps, and they like they can reach a wider audience, and their skill set is valuable. Um, and you know they're actually making these buyer agents and real estate agents uh, um, basically better, better deal flow. Yeah, like and the issue is is like yeah, cool, you're getting um, you know hundreds of more leads a year. But my biggest issue is that you just lack the experience of, you know, transacting, asset selection, selection, analysing, negotiating on actual property itself, which is what they're paying you to do. Mm. So people are getting caught up in all these savvy marketing campaigns, thinking these people are great. But in reality, like they might have done maybe like 10 or 20 deals or something like that. And that is really scary because I mean, I've I've been, been doing, you know, I've been valuing property for you know, 10 years and then yeah. in this buyer's agent space for a few years on top of that um, and I'm learning every single day and I work with, you know, a team of people who we've done thousands of property transactions and it's um, it's just scary to see and there's, there's definitely a concern that's rising in the industry through the people who are really good at what they do yeah. because they are losing market share and obviously they're not happy about it but, um, yeah, there's... There's a few situations we've pulled people out of who have gone down the path with you know, buyers agents that lack that experience. So yeah. so, so that comes to uh, like anybody that I'm going to work with in business or when we buy businesses, we're going to do due diligence. Mm. So do doing DD on your buyer's agent is so important. Mm. Much like you would do DD on a, on a broker, I guess, a finance broker. Uh, but what are the things that we need to look for when we're doing due diligence on, a, on selecting a good buyer's agent? Yeah, um, experience. So once again, minimum four years of the, the buying experience is, is important. And with it, with four years experience, surely they've done, uh, hopefully bought more than 100 properties or like yeah. more than 200, maybe like, I don't know, 50 a year. Is that like a good thing or... Yeah, well, with four years, so you're doing 25, um, like 100 property transactions, are, I think is a good safe sort of figure. Like um, a minimum? Yeah. Yeah, minimum. No, Absolutely. Like, I mean, you can go and do these courses. Obviously, um, you'd want someone to stunt 10,000 or something, right? <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, and, and there's definitely like, there's, there's ships where there's been real estate agents, which I've been in the buyer's agent space, and they're very experienced on the transaction base, and like. They've got that, you know, that experience. You know, I'm a value that's gone into the space. So I've mm. got all that um, analysis and then, um, you know, negotiation experience as well. So it's um, those that are jumping into the industry with, you know, they might have a background in marketing or they might have a background in <laughs> bunnings, you know, like <laughs> it's sort of um, just ask those probing questions because it is an expensive asset that if you do get it wrong, you um, it can cost you a lot of money, and if you're paying someone to do the service, you may as well be paying someone to do the a, a better job. So, some people might charge um, ten thousand dollars. Mm. Some people might charge fifteen to twenty. Mm. Some people charge a hundred thousand dollars. So, hundred hundred yeah. k for a that's commercial. No, uh, that's a like a, a personal. So, um, hundred <laughs> k for a buyer's agency. Yeah, they they run on one to two percent of the purchase price. So, if you're buying a ten million dollar property, I got ya yeah yeah. Um, yeah you can go into that space and then that's also I mean the space that you're playing with that purchase price um, there's a lot more skill set in the, the niche market and also finding those you know good quality off-market deals um, and those relationships they hold with those um, I guess agents and knowing that area is super important mm-hmm. and also people buying 10 million plus properties they understand the value of their time yeah so yeah they, they could look for property for a year and also know how to know what it's worth because it's a very important skill set when you're jumping into those higher price brackets. So buyers agents, like we're gonna do multiple episodes, like I said on buyers agents. But for somebody that's buying a ten million dollar property and spending a hundred k, I I would even think you're si- you're silly not to because they that buyers agent could get that price down by more than a hundred k. So it's kind of like getting using a buyer's agent for free. That's why I see it, is like, I know that you, you know, Sam helped me hugely with my last property and prior to that, I had another property that I bought uh, with a with a buyer's agent and uh, we got a great deal on it and probably lesser than what the current market would get because that buyer's agent is just doing so much volume mm-hmm. and they know so many of the, they've got great relationships with all of the people in that area and they're doing volume. Yeah, and, then, and and it's smarter and easier for agents to to take deals and sell deals to buyers agents or people using buyers agents that they work with every single day. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a fine line between being friends with the real estate agent because um, obviously you want to have that rapport, and so they, they sell to you, and um, I guess selling them on the benefits of you know allowing your client to buy the property over somebody else. Mm. Um, like, everyone's got the best interest of their client in heart. Like, the selling agent needs to get the highest price for their client, but then the selling agent doesn't get paid unless they sell the property. Yep. Buys agents, um, same, same. And that's kind of why I prefer a fixed fee model rather than a commission model because yeah. it's not tied to, well, if I'm charging you 2% for this purchase, the more you pay for it, the more I get paid. It doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Yeah, it's a fact. massive conflict of interest there. Yeah, yeah. but then yeah, you're right. Going back to other point, like, when you are buying those multi-million dollar properties, you um, it's funny because a hundred thousand dollars feels like ten thousand dollars. You know, like, you're like yeah, it doesn't. It's it's you're buying a, a, an eight figure deal. Like yeah. you're buying a, a ten mil property. Like it's it's not. And so if you're buying a million dollar property, well, put it this way: if I was if I'm buying investment property at um, five hundred fifty thousand dollars, yeah, um, I'm like, oh, is it worth five fifty? Is it five sixty? Five forty? I'm buying a 5.5 million dollar property. Yeah. 5.5, is it 5.4, 5.6? That's a hundred grand. Yeah. Yeah. But in reality, that that's just the way it works. It's cost of doing business, really. Yeah. I think you'd be silly not to use a buyer's agent. Yeah. Well, obviously, me too. That's why I jumped <laughs> into space, and I, I just saw so many people getting burned. Right. Yeah. Like, because you are, you came from the valuation background, and you see just yeah, yeah. you've seen some things. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. You, li- you leave, <laughs> you leave the. Uh, it's a bit of a cushy gig, really, like the senior value position, and then you. Yeah. um yeah, it's nice, but you still, I guess you lack that purpose. Um, that's why I'm here. But anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah advisor agent, is very important. Um, if you're going down the investment route, uh, a qualified property investment advisor is really important. Um, it's a course that they need to do to get to that certification, which uh, is you. Yeah, which is me. Um, and uh, basically, they're, they're looking at you know, the position from start to go. So your structure, what your strategy is, what the um, investment asset is, type is and also the asset selection within Mm -hmm. certain areas Mm -hmm. and then the whole transaction process as well. So, uh, that's been pushed by the Property Council of Australia and the Property Investment Professionals of Australia. So, they're some really good uh, membership sites that uh, they're, they're good people and they're advocating for good quality advice just like any advice should be. So, buyers agents have to have that quality. Property investment agency. Okay. No. So to become a buyer's agent. So sure. that's why you got people that have done like three deals a year and they're yeah, yeah well, buyer's all, agents. All, uh, you got yeah. all you need to do is to get your real estate license and then get your professional indemnity, public liability insurance, and set up your company. And and, your- and tell us about the real estate license. How hard is that to get? Uh, real estate license. How long does it take, or like what's involved? Look, you can probably do it within a month full time. Okay. Oh wow! So I could just go and become a buyer's buyer's agent in a month. Yeah. Oh wow, that's not that's not good for the industry, is it? <laughs> yeah, and, and the course is it's 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 time consuming, but it's um it's not hard. Yeah, it's like well compared to university, it's a piece of piece of shit. But yeah. um, the that's the thing. As a real estate selling agent, you do your license, but you need to have a few years of experience of that as a as a salesman before you go and uh, become a licensed real estate agent. Essentially, so. Yeah. That's what they're trying to bring into the buyer's agent space, and because it's so that's good. new, yeah. Um, like, like it's only twenty years old, and like, let's look at how slow legislation moves. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, And, and the rise agent. of the buyer's agent really in Australia hasn't come through until probably like twenty fifteen. Okay, like like generally, it's for the more higher net worth clients, but now people in the lower brackets are they are appreciating the value. Yeah, a good a good person who can work on their behalf all throughout the week um, so they don't have to spend the weekends analysing and missing out on properties and it's it's very time consuming uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just get a buyers agent but make sure you get a good buyers agent not somebody that's you know 19 and, and just done a course yeah that's really good at marketing and TikTok and yeah, Instagram ads. Yeah, I mean I could I, like I wouldn't be, be become a buyers agent it's not my thing but I think I could do pretty well as a buyers agent um, yeah. and within a month like but, and there's, you know, I don't have the experience you have. So, would you rather use Sam as a buyer's agent or me? Like, <laughs> obviously Sam. <laughs> yeah, I and a, that's why you need to do your DD on buyer's agents. Yeah, I had a, um, a good session with a, a client the other day and they asked me, like, you know, what's the difference between you and everybody else? And I said, that's well... That's a good question. Oh, yeah, I said, well, uh, I've, I've analysed, inspected... Thousands of properties, you know, um, in my time. I'm obviously a property invest, property invest myself, and also we, we've done, you know, for me personally, hundreds of transactions. Um, for the people, my team um, that I work in, you know, we've we done thousands. So. When you were valuing, you would like at times you were doing like ten a day, ten values valuations yeah, a, 10 10 a day. So that's five. That's fifty a week. Yeah, that's two hundred a month. Yeah, making me sound scary. That's yeah. that's two. Th- that's twenty. That's two thousand four hundred a year, dude. Yeah. And you did it for ten years. Like you've done tens <laughs> of thousands of deals. More. You've done more than a thousand deals. Like, oh, not yeah, deals. Definitely. I should say value. You've looked at more than. I traveled a lot though. It took a lot of time Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's a. I'm, just, I'm saying it's a good thing. Like, yeah. You've, you've looked at more than ten thousand properties or ten thousand deals. Yeah, I've analyzed. It's yeah. insane. Ten thousand properties. Of- just put that down. That's Tens okay. of thousands. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Okay, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, people I want to talk about me. But yeah, um, <clears throat> outside of probably the buyer's agent, look, to each their own. There's courses out there that can teach you to do it yourself. Um, you know, they generally charge you thousands of dollars anyway. Um, and then there's people that can do it for you. So it really depends on your budget because I do un- understand that you know, to go and spend a fee on a buyer's agent up front, that's reducing your cash for the initial purchase mm. and potentially lowering your um borrowing capacity because you've got a lower deposit, right? If you need to stick to, say, an 80% loan-to-value ratio to not pay a leader's mortgage insurance, Mm. what a mouthful. (laughs) uh, I get that too, but um, at the same time, just understand what it is that you're giving up. It might be a little bit, you know, one step backwards to take multiple steps forward. Uh, You're investing in your future, your property portfolio future. Yeah, 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 but uh, obviously I've got a vested interest in saying it's worthwhile. But um, you know, do your research and uh, well, you're not a you're not a buyer's agent. You're not like working as a buyer's agent. So well, right now, I Well, have, we we don't we yeah. There's a we position ourselves as expert. Analysis. Well, at least you're not we, selling that as a service on this pod. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, I don't. I'm not like I'm qualified, and we do that. We do yeah. the whole um, buyer's agent uh, space for. People all around Australia and at all different price points from, you know, $300,000 to, I, mean, I think this year, probably like $5 million was the, got a few $5 million going at the moment. Okay. So, cool. Um, yeah, we're a little bit uh, different in that sense, but yeah, I don't really want to talk about, but we do, if you do want to know more about what I do and if I can help you, then obviously reach out. Yeah. That's, that's the whole idea is yeah. to put you in a place if, if it doesn't suit, you know my skill set, um, or my our team skill set, that I'll be able to put you in the right, right place at the right yeah. time with the Roof. right people. Yeah, yeah, connect you with somebody that's that can be the right person for you in that journey. Yeah, because a lot there's a lot of moving parts of <coughs> my life at the moment. Some exciting things happening. So uh, reach out, guys. Is it hello at Property Pals? Yeah, hello at Property Pals dot au, not dot com. But we still got so much more to chat about. Like. This is a beast. This is the beast of an episode, and then it's basically setting up the structure and like all the different things that we need to chat about so in the episode. Now we'll just we'll just record this whole thing, and then we might split it up into two with through the editing process. Cool. So, buyer's agent, do your DD on them. Use them. I think you're crazy not to, um, especially if you're whether you're buying investment or buying just for PPR. Crazy, not to. Uh, so now, once we move on from a buyer's agents, you've got property valuer in here. I am going to be a bit vulnerable and say I don't know why you would have a property valuer in the process. Yeah. I, I'd like to. I'd like to know though why. Like why? Yeah. Well, yeah. These are kind of like the um, people that are good to um, have on your team. Um, a property valuer. If you buy a property you're using finance the bank's going to send out a property value to um, assess the risk on the contract. So what I mean by that, they'll go out and see what you're paying for the property, analyze the area and say, yes bank, this purchase price of $2 million is worth, you know, $2 million. Yeah. And so the, so the lender does that when you apply for a loan. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then um if you're applying for another loan or drawing equity out, they'll send a the value out there. It generally, doesn't cost you anything because um, the banks. It's where part of their be. process, yeah. Um, you can get independent valuations, like pre-purchase valuations and things like that, which I used to do for people. Um, so you mean pre-purchase or pre-getting pre-approval? Uh, pre-purchase. So <laughs> okay, um, a lot of people, and now the rise of the buyer's agent is sort of like removing that. But oh, so now that's now I understand it. So you would have. You would get pre-approval for what you could get for lending and then you would find a property and they would have a price that you thinking that you might agree to and then you would have your own independent valuer go out and check, check out the deal and make sure it's like, hey, I'm not going to overpay for the deal. Yes. Okay. Got you. Yeah. And you can use that valuation report as a negotiation tool mm. um, with the sales agent. However, it depends on where you got the property. So, spot. you slip a bit of money under the table to your valuer to say just... Value it a little no, it's bit under, super low. <laughs> um, yeah. So when talking about the importance of a property valuer on your team, um, the reason why I put it in there is it's good to have, know a property valuer. At, at the very least, you know, send them like I say to like said to my friends for years. Like if you're going to buy a property, at least send me it so I can look over it mm. and make sure you're not overpaying for it. Mm. Some people don't like to get me involved because don't. It's like finance; they don't want to get. With friends and finance, I don't want to get, yeah, yeah, but also people don't want to be told how you're paying too much because they get really emotionally invested in the the whole purchase or tell you not to buy the deal, yeah, they don't, yeah, and that's, I mean, to each their own, like, I just understand how it works, and I feel like having someone with that skill set is valuable, um, and. From a risk perspective too, like if you're using finance and you're paying too much for a property and the valuation comes below that, mm. then you've got to sack up and, and pay the difference. That mm. so could be quite costly. If you're doing a commercial deal, you need a value regardless. So yeah. that's why I put it in there as well because um, that's part of the due diligence process with commercial is that um, you get a formal valuation on the property yeah. uh, and that's the skill set and we'll get a commercial value on this pod. Um, Pretty soon, I hope, and yeah. run you through basically all the due diligence that they do. And that really minimizes your risk from that front. Um, and yeah, I guess commercial is more of a. It, it's more analytical because you can take the emotion out of it because generally people are buying it. It's a business decision, whether it's an investment or to run a business through it. so. It's also less regulated, that space as well, right? Uh, it's similar to, I guess, the, the buyer's agent space, but um, there's just. There's a lot more to, to know and a lot more that can go wrong. Um, so the value of a, of a good value <laughs> is high in that sense and a good commercial buyer's agent is is super valuable in my opinion. And with the commercial deals, the banks are looking at the lease as well yep. as a part of the valuation of the of the deal too. So there's, there's that. Maybe we should maybe we should stick to reggie for now though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's why I put the, the value in there. Um, the other person is obviously a building and pest inspector. Yeah. Um, similar to a solicitor conveyance, so they give them a heads up um, and actually seek them out before doing the – before they're um, yeah, finding the, having the contract of sales sign. Yeah, because then they're, <laughs> they're going to be prepared for you to come through. Um, it's not reactionary and also – you can do a little bit more due diligence on that, building who, and pest yeah. Who you want to use? I guess it's it's good to have, you know, a couple of building and person inspectors, and then go. All right, this is the person that I want to use in different areas, different states, and yeah. Before you buy a deal, so you're not like, oh, I've settled and I'm freaking out, and I need to find somebody, and you make a decision emotionally because you're working, and then you've got this other property investment going on. Yeah, it's funny actually. There's a nationwide. Uh, building a pest inspection business that is just written down for uh, giving poor quality reports and um, they're just should we should we just hold them accountable and, and mention their name? Oh it starts with an R Okay, well that's it. We'll yeah we'll just we'll just we'll just cap it there. But it's, it's, it's similar to a, like, a speed it's called <laughs> No, no, no like it's called It's called rapid. And rapid are really um and really fast. And, and, and um, I've just heard some bad things okay. um, just in regards to get in, get out, um, get your money, send your report and then go to the next one and there's a few things missed like you need them to go up in the roof, you need them to have a look around, um, you know, tap every single tile with a little stick, do the, the moisture reading, there's, there's a lot to it and there's a big report and also um, What are we looking at, at like, I guess a good question would be like the, the price. I know typically I like to say you get what you pay for. Uh, but sometimes you will pay a bit more and not really get that. But what's what's a like if somebody's going to say hey, I'll do a building and pest inspection for you know 150 bucks? Don't do it. Okay. So how much should we be paying roughly? Uh, purchase price range, but um, generally 500 to 800, yeah, maybe thousand bucks. Like in um, so major CBDs, like say Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, um, and there's high demand. They'll be charging around 800. So. Yeah, doing your DD on these building pest inspectors and, and businesses and companies, look at, re- like when you're going to buy mm. a pair of shoes, look at reviews, like you do, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, like look at the reviews and, and, and like you would before you book an Airbnb, I guess. Yeah, and you can even ask for a sample report. Sometimes they might send it through. Yeah. Um, they want to get in the business as well, but uh, often the people who are busy are busy for a reason. It's like a little referral. Yeah. Pete. Yeah. Um, Sales agents generally yeah. don't like to use a building and pest inspector that they refer to. Oh, um, just because I sales know. agents as in the person the the, the re- selling the business, the real estate agent who's selling yeah. you the property, they'll put you in contact with a building and pest inspector, and they've got that relationship with the building Completed and pest inspector. Could be at Yeah, uh, yeah. they don't really yeah. want to do that. Um, however, the building and pest inspector. Has to be licensed, and you can still go through. You, know, you can still take the recommendation yeah. and get a quote, yeah, uh, and just give them a call and fill them out. Like the onus lies on them if they do a poor report, mm. and you can sue them for negligence. So obviously, you don't want to do that. But um, we'll I, get we'll get uh, building a building pest inspector on. Actually, yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got a, I've got a few in mind. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, We've got so many people on our team that we just want to get on here. Um, but if you guys have ideas around. Who you would like to hear from and why, and like questions that you'd like us to ask certain people in our team, email us hello at uh, propertypals.au. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good plug. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a marketing salesperson. Uh, but um, running down a list now, so building a pest inspector. Uh, now, you mentioned this one, uh, which is really important, and that's a quantity surveyor. And that's, mm. that's obviously for. Um, Investors, yeah, it's not for PPOR, no, not for the own occupiers, yeah. Um, just because you, you buy a property, what is a quantity surveyor though? Like, like to think people should we should tell they them. survey uh, the quantity of assets in your property and what they're worth, and they, uh, they put in a uh, depreciation rate based on its age. So, so they give you a depreciation schedule that you can give to your accountant, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, and so. The reason why it is important is that you're maximising your taxable return. No one likes paying tax. We all pay too much anyway. I don't know what they do with it in Australia. <laughs> we um, won't go down that route. <laughs> get, on, get on a soapbox and say, so do everything you can to minimise your tax. It's smarter for it. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, so, that, so quantity surveying to sort of surveys the property and gives you a depreciation schedule that you can use to – Give it your accountant, and then they can um, say, "My taxable, my, I can reduce my my depreciation amount on this property is X. Therefore, if your prop, your property is in um, cash flow positive, mm. then um, instead of you paying you know tax on that income, you might be able to write it off. Or if your property loses money, you can actually um, make sure that like that depreciation is getting taken off, so you lose less essentially. So it's a yeah. it's a tax play." But generally, the reports are you know, 500 to 900, similar to a um, building first inspector, mm-hmm. uh, but most of them guarantee that they'll get your, that their feedback within the first year of the, um, the schedule. So, you know, properties like houses in Australia have a 40-year shelf life in accordance to the Australian Tax Office, not financial advice, check with your accountant. <laughs> um, but that's like a 2.5% depreciation per year. So um, that's pretty standard, but it's everything else. And having someone go in and inspect it, like you might have an updated aircon unit, which you can you can write off, washing machine, multiple different things. Which So when you say 2.5% depreciation, so yes. if you've got a million dollar asset, we're looking at like 25 grand a year that you can claim. Like, like this is not tax advice if, but if yeah. the house the, the building structure is a million dollars um, yeah so it costs you a million bucks a year a million bucks to build and it's brand new and that's why a lot of so a million dollar build, not yeah. a million dollar property valuation correct yes got so you doesn't take into account the land because that's not a uh, depreciable asset yeah uh, and that's why a lot of people get sucked into the house and land packages and <clears throat> there's a strategy for everyone right like um, house and land packages I just you love don't, them, don't you? I don't touch. Um, <laughs> generally, well, no offence to people that buy house and land packages. <laughs> look, like there's a time and place for it. I just, I just haven't really come across a client where, it's, in terms of investment, yeah. Well, there's a lot of supply risk with house and land packages because they get generally the the land releases are on the outskirts of the city, so mm. your distance to the CBDs or your uh, you know, the risk of another developer coming through and doing a 1,000 of subdivision behind what you just bought, that's going to hinder your land growth because... Yes. Not available land. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, well, why would I go and, like, a year later, why would I pay $800,000 for your house when mm. I can go and buy the land and build a whole brand new ha- house for mm. $820,000? Mm. And then, yeah, people are going to get sucked into these, like, savvy marketing campaigns, like, this property will uh, appreciate X percent of every year and you'll be able to appreciate... 25 grand a year because you've built a million dollar asset yeah. and then people were like, oh cool, because they generally in the past used to go to their accountant and say. Yeah, financial planners are have been oh. really big on this and the ASICs have cracked down on it, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. and, and rightfully so. Recommendations from financial planners that will sell a product on behalf of the building and land package company and get a bit of a kickback. Yeah, so let's build that out. I used to work for a company as a, like when I was going up and doing my financial planning certificate license Um, back in the day. uh, They specialized in, uh, they'd do the statement of advice, do the financial plan, and then a part of that plan was obviously there was shares in there, but there was also investment properties. And um, then they'd have a separate company that would fulfill on the investment property uh, purchase, and it was always a house and land package. And with, with that house and land package came a twenty five to $30,000 referral fee from the builder or developer. Cha-ching. Yeah, so um, that's why I just don't – I steer away from it because it's just – it's a conflict of interest to take commissions from you know, a builder to incentivize you to advise a product. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather you know buy an established property that where the land value is greater than the asset value. Mm. Um, and if you're more looking for tax depreciations, you can – you know, buy that established property, do a full renovation on it, and therefore you've got you know all the pre- new depreciable assets that you can write down over time, and it generally performs better than the house and land package. Um, yeah. So yeah, there there are times where you know people they they've been burnt um, where they they bought an established property and there was a it was just maintenance, and they um, just didn't want to deal with you know hot water systems breaking every. Like once every ten years, yeah, it's pretty stressful. Once every ten years. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, so- I mean, like once. So my parents bought off the plan, for a unit. You're not. You're not getting the land valuation. But my parents don't want to deal with the yard, mm. and they don't want to deal with. Uh, yeah, like yeah, that's a, that's an it's a, sort of emotional. Yeah, emotional it is. Purchase. and I think actually at that age, we we could talk about philosophies in different podcasts on like like what's good for us versus like PPOR and investing, which uh, we'll talk about reinvesting in another episode. That's a good one to speak to. But I think at that age, like effort, like you're you're, you're at retirement. You're not like trying to make a ton of money. No, you should have made it by Yeah. yeah. And you have just like, right. I want to live somewhere freaking easy. Yeah, but that, that's why you go into the strategy mm-hmm. side and seeing what your goals are, right? Like your yeah. parents, from memory, their goals were to – you know, travel the world and experience that and you know, you're not at home all the time and then yeah, yard maintenance, pool maintenance, like it, yeah. it all adds up and the efficiency of a unit for a lot of especially you know, downsizers mm. is quite attractive. Mm. Um, it just depends on where they're at in their financial position. Yeah. So yeah, there's always a strategy for everyone and going back to the house and land situation, If you can find a house and land package in a really niche uh, project with, you know, sub 200 lots that are there, in a like an infill area in a CBD, that land is so scarce that, Mm. you know, it will appreciate over time and then you've got, you know, good land growth. They're just few and far between. uh, There's a couple that went through the Gold Coast which... You know, initially, I didn't like because they backed onto a train line. Mm. Um, but then the other later stages of the release, you know, they weren't they weren't near there, and they've done really well. Um, so you can make money out of them. And obviously through COVID, everyone's coming out there saying they're, so, they're they're great. And <laughs> I, I say to people, well, it was pretty hard to you know buy property and lose money over the last few in years. COVID. Yeah, and also I guess oh, it's been great because I bought a. That bought my house and land package at this price, and the building costs more to build now, so I got a good deal. But that has nothing to do with the asset selection, that's just inflation. Yeah, there's a lot and of building costs. Oh, mate, we need to do a whole series on this because there's risks involved. <laughs> like, You can buy off the planned units, and they don't have a builder in place. Like client um, I'm dealing with at the moment, they. Yeah, yeah I've heard stories like this too. Yeah, they, like they've been going back and forth for over a year trying to find a builder for the, the site, and they've you know, they're supposed to be finished construction in 2024, and they haven't even. That kicked got out of the ground the people out. yeah of the mm-hmm. building it's, it's obviously a 17 story yeah, beachfront apartment burly heads. it's 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 kind of really frustrating for those who are like they've got retirement plans and now they're just sitting on their hands waiting but we'll discuss further yeah yeah guys this has been a monster pod uh, we've got one more to go one more um uh, Person on our team that we team, need? Team member that I need. To okay, so we, we are gonna go town planner and engineer. Yeah, there's like, right. this, is, this is more for those like developer. We're um, gonna split this part into two. Yeah, we, yeah, this is gonna be the second part right now. If you're looking at doing something a little bit more, um, I guess, risky. Um, so doing like multi lot subdivisions or one into two where you, you know, buy the property, retain the front house and do a battle axe or a um, subdivision. This is what you want me to do next, right? Oh yeah, yeah. you bought a couple and it's a good, um, if you don't do it now, at least having that option to do it in the future, so um, when we're going down that path, which we probably should actually record, we'll document, we'll document. document, But this is called a one into two strategy, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Investment, Uh, investment strategy. So the, the whole key is you need to understand You know, what can you do on the site? That's why town planner is there. And also the engineer, they work hand in hand with the town planner because you need to know, you know, what needs to be engineered on that site to get that approval through. Mm. So, um, think like if you're... One into two is obviously easier than one into three because you have less... Requirements you can just probably plug into the same sewage system, the main system, okay. And the electronic, electrical, probably less strata, titling work, and stuff like that, too. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, so less, um, fees on that, fees on that. So, I, I mean, we're doing uh, one in Switch at the moment, and um, it's 80 to 100,000 dollars in you know, estimated fees just to do a one in the two, okay. Yeah, so it's not cheap, so you need to make sure that you've got that land, like if you do cut it up. You got enough land. You got that that land's worth more than, well, basically, by the time you buy the property, pay your stamp duty, pay your fees, pay that 80 to 100 grand. Like, you need to make at least $225,000 on that land. Valuation of the land that you split up. Yeah. Yeah. To justify the expense because there's no point in doing it to not make money. And then, theoretically, you would build on that land, which would make that land even more valuable. Yeah. And then... And then people have the decision to rent both out, sell one, live in one. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, and little... what's the minimum it's every I mean, we're gonna get very into the tactics here, but like if in Ipswich is gonna be a minimum land size that you need to buy with a with a one dwelling on it to be able to split it up, is there a general rule of thumb like hmm. five hundred square meters any, around Australia or? Like, no, nah, nah, it's <laughs> Each like government area has their own yeah. you know, rules and regulations. And then there's also little tips and tricks like in Brisbane CBD, if you, um, in Brisbane if you're within 200 metres from a um, neighbourhood centre, you, your zoning can go up so you can get um, two lots on a 800 square metre block where yeah. generally the minimum lot size is 500. But if you didn't know that like and, and that's the thing with some of the occupiers that are going in and they they're missing out on these properties. They're not sure why. They're mm-hmm. missing out on to developers who know more about the town plan or uh, well, the town planners know more about the town plan than what they do. So if you're going down that path, like obviously, um, even if you're doing a you know, knockdown rebuild play, you, you still need to have a town planner, an engineer, and then go down that path. So Then you've got another set of team like builders and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, that's that's which a... Which we will t- we'll chat to on that next that episode that we do talk about the two into one yeah yes yeah, the subdivision or planning. one into two sorry but yeah there's, there's a big part of understanding that like i'm not a town planner or an engineer but just by doing it you're learning all these things so knowing where the sites are making sure that you know if you're going to do that the, the site falls to the road so your drainage is uh, possible it's mm-hmm. really important yeah. otherwise you might have to go into the neighbor lot to actually get you know the overflow through which you yeah, there's just too many risks. There's, there's a lot of risks in doing those things and um, obviously there's the, the reward for it and, you know, there's hundreds of thousand dollars be, to be won at that point. But um, for me personally, I like the strategy of, hey, let's buy this, um, buy and hold it and there's the opportunity to do that in the, in the future. You can do it now if you want or you can do it in the future and um, it just gives you that, I guess, wealth equity uh, play that you can you can manufacture equity in, manufacture cash. Life. Yeah. And yeah. then oh Jesus, keep going. Sorry. It's, right. it's cool because <laughs> no, it's cool because you like you can manuf- like you buy something and then you're like, oh I need I want to buy a commercial deal and I need like 400, 300 K or something and you can do it. Yeah, you you, cut can, it up, sell you it. can cut it up, sell it and then buy buy another deal. It helps you I guess it gets you out of a pickle of borrowing capacity too, um, by doing so, having more cash on hand. But the risks are typically higher. Like most investments, the higher the risk, typically the higher returns. And that's where people get burnt when they're like, oh, I'm going to be a developer. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. that's an interesting I'm definitely case. a developer. And I would say there's people out there that you know, know a lot more about that than I do, but um, I'm more of the... You know, Maybe we should talk about egos and developers. Or <laughs> egos and developers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I, 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 I associate that, like, I'm I'm not I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but like, I think you can make money just as much doing other things. Yeah, I agree. With less work. Yeah, less work. I built this thing over here. Check me out. Yeah. Yeah, and there's understanding the property market cycle is a big thing, and I definitely need to delve into that because that's not really regularly covered in Australia um, because it's going to reduce your risk if you know where you're at in the property cycle. Um, then you can take those risks with that long term. So for me, if there's a risk of potential downturn in a few years, then it's probably not smart to go through with a big development play. You're looking for a quick in and out if you want to do that. Um, The flipping strategy at the moment there's a um, big push for the the granny flats for the increase in income. There's risks there too, so we'll break down that. But for now, they're really the, the key members of the team we wanted to cover off. So you've got your accountant, your solicitor, uh, your so your account, your mortgage broker, then and then your solicitor, then you get your property manager, which is really important, and then you go to the buyer's agent, which we've we've jumped on the property valuer, and your building and pest inspector, quantity surveyor, and the town planner engineer. So, um, yeah, yeah, what a wrap! <laughs> that's 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 two two epic episodes there, guys. Uh, if you do have like we're gonna in, we're gonna interview each of these p- team members that we both have uh, on the pod. So let us know what questions you might have for them that we can ask them. Uh, email us at hello at propertypals.au and we haven't really said, hey guys, if you like this, subscribe. So should we do the whole oh, please subscribe? Yeah, well it helps get the word out, doesn't so it? Your, does. This is your realm, right? Yeah, it is. It, it is. But and I thought about not asking people to subscribe because it's like and you know, it's not world? just like yeah. Subscribe to my channel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and there's you. also this way that you could do it. Like I know on YouTube, um, the more creative you are with how you ask people to subscribe, the more likely they're going to subscribe because the art form and the creativity to put in asking people to subscribe. We don't have anything creative, so yeah. But well. we do appreciate people who subscribe because why are we doing this? We're doing it to help people, yeah, well, and we're going to reach more people by so helping. Much- so much shit out there. Yeah, and like, obviously, we're not perfect either. Like, no, I just try we're and learning and at the same time. Even and... Sam's learning, even though he's looked at tens of thousands of deals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's scary. I didn't even I've never broken that deal before. Yeah, but no, it's. Uh, I mean, way to share yeah. the love, right? Like, yeah, um, you don't know what you don't know. That's probably my biggest biggest thing. And Jared's obviously got a really um, important skill set on getting this knowledge out there to help mm. people. I mean, he's helped. I people you help get out of there ninety five. We've we've bought a lot of businesses. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I I do know, but it's in my it's in my list, my tracking list. But yeah, we've helped we've we've helped people make tens of millions of dollars replacing their income, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, buying online businesses. Yeah, I, when you first, yeah, uh, it was. Such a really interesting uh, realm that's becoming more and more like confidence is getting more and more into it because of obviously um, digital assets that are helping yeah. you know that reduce that risk. So, anyway, I'm not here to plug your yeah, your yeah, other yeah. podcast, mate. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I think that that covers it today. But as Jared said, um, if you want, subscribe, it helps us out, it helps us get um, reach to other people to try and educate and help others. Um, learn, and do, teach, share, grow. Right. Yeah, most of all, thanks for listening, guys. See you on the next one. See ya.